0: Hello. Today we'll be continuing on with our book study of Genesis. We have looked at the first six chapters of Genesis and today we'll be looking at chapter 7. We are currently talking about the story of Noah's Ark. That started in chapter 6. It covers a few chapters. It's a very important part of Scripture. And so uh, we saw yesterday that uh, God moved on Noah to build an ark. And today they're going to be getting in the ark because there's a flood coming. So we know that uh, from the time that God told uh, Noah to build the ark, there was 120 years. I I think I should have covered that yesterday, but I might have forgotten. When God said that uh, they had 120 years left in chapter 6, verse 3, it meant uh, they had 120 years before the flood. And so, for 120 years, Noah preached that there was a flood coming. And I would imagine people mocked him. Uh, Here he is, he's in a desert. And he is preaching there's going to be rain and there's going to be a flood. Now, up to this point, they hadn't seen rain yet. The water, the ground was watered by dew. Dew, Uh, D-W. And that's the way the ground got watered. So he was telling people that there's going to be rain coming out of the clouds in the sky. And it's going to flood the earth. And I can imagine the people didn't listen to him. Uh, 120 years, the only people that helped, that helped him build the ark was his family, his wife and his sons and their wives. So there was a total of eight of them. Even though the scripture tells us that only Noah was found righteous, not his family, they were allowed to come into the ark, not because they were righteous but because they were part of Noah's family and they were allowed to come into the ark so they could propagate the earth again with people. And so that shows the great mercy of God what it does. God is merciful. And now some people will ask the question, how could a God that loves people, how could he flood the entire world and kill everything that's there? But actually, this shows the great love and great mercy of God. See, God could have completely destroyed the earth, wiped it out, and started over if he wanted to, or not started over if he wanted to. The, The world, other than Noah, had turned away from God. And yet God, in his infinite mercy, said, I will go ahead and start things over, even though they had rejected him. The, the He said, I'm going to start over. I have one righteous man. I'm going to let his family come with him into an ark, and I'm going to spare all the, all the different types of animals in the earth and just start the world all over again. Now, I view that as the great love and mercy of God. He didn't have to do it, but He did. He doesn't have to keep forgiving us of our sins, but He came and died on a cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Because of, of Adam's sin, we owed a sin debt to, to God the Father. Because we are born in sin, we owed a sin debt. We could not pay that sin debt to the Father. It was impossible because we were born in sin. But his son, Jesus Christ, who lived without sin, he was able to come and pay the sin debt for us. And so he willingly left his throne at the right hand of the Father, came to earth, did no sin, and died on the cross For you and I. So that our sin debt could be paid. It would have been impossible for us to do it. We are lost in sin. But Jesus came to earth. And paid our sin debt for us. And all we have to do now is go to Jesus Christ. And ask for forgiveness of our sins. And he will forgive us. He wants to forgive us. He, As he spared the world. He wants to spare us now. He doesn't want us to have to go into eternal eternal punishment. He wants us to live with him forever because he's already paid the price. All we have to do is say, please forgive me. And he's going to say, yes, I forgive you. It's that simple. It is that simple. If you're having trouble with this, contact me and I will be happy to work with you because the Lord... Want you to make it. I want you to make it. We I want everyone to make it, because the price has already been paid. Okay, let's let's continue on here today. In chapter seven of Genesis, we're continuing on with Noah. And starting with verse one, it says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come now and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Noah, he found Noah righteous. Noah was a man that was righteous amongst all the, we don't know how many people were alive. I think I said yesterday that there could have been as many as 7 billion people alive at this time in history. As many as there are today. But they had all rejected God except Noah. Noah stood against them all. He wanted to serve God no matter what anybody else said. A lot of times, I'll tell you, people are afraid to stand up and say, I'm going to serve God because they're afraid of what their friends or family, even strangers are going to say to them. They're afraid they're going to be mocked. And maybe you will be. But let them mock because one day, we're going to be standing in the presence of the Lord, no matter what they say. They can't stop what's going to happen. I want to be with the Lord. So Noah was found righteous before the Lord. In verse 2, it says, of, Hallelujah. Of every clean beast, thou shalt take to thee by sevens, and the male and his female. Now, of, let, me, let me finish this verse and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. So, the story that most of us know is that all the animals went into the ark two by two, and that that's the cartoons that we've seen made of knowing the ark. They're all walking in two by two. And most of them were two by two, except for the clean animals. Now, to figure out what are the clean animals, because... We cannot look to the Mosaic law to determine what the clean animals are. Now, they obviously had an idea here in Noah's time. What are the clean animals? Because it's not listed right here. He just said, bring the clean ones. Now, we know that Abel, the, the person that Cain killed his brother, Abel gave a blood sacrifice or blood offering Uh, To God so he knew at least what kind of animal to bring before the Lord and so it is believed by by many scholars uh, That people probably it was revealed to them by divine revelation by God revealing it to them What type of animal? uh, To that, that was clean and what kind was not clean and so And then that was probably passed down the line by by mouth. People said, okay, this is the clean, this is the unclean. But what, what what was meant by clean was meant ceremonially clean. So probably so they could have either food and probably so they could offer sacrifices. God didn't allow them just to offer any kind of animal as a sacrifice. So, it is unclear to exactly what were the clean animals, but we have an idea that the clean animals were possibly, possibly now, the oxen, the sheep, and the goats. There could have possibly been some others, but probably at least the oxen, sheep, and goats, and the rest of the animals would have been considered the unclean animals, not that not unclean in a sense that, uh, 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 I mean, that they're not a good animal. They might have been good for uh, doing all kinds of things with, but not necessarily for sacrificing and not for eating. Uh, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be saved because God certainly put them on the ark. So possibly the oxen, the sheep, and the goats. Uh, Now, again, we don't know exactly, we are just surmising what these animals are. And so, of the clean animals, possibly oxen, sheep, and goats, they were supposed to come in uh, seven pairs. Some say it's not clear if it's seven seven pairs or seven individuals, but I believe it is pairs, because it says male and his female. And so... um, that the clean animals, they that was probably because we I believe uh, what's going to happen when they get off the ark, if I remember right, uh, they're going to offer a sacrifice right away, and so um, we we see them bringing in seven of the clean, and then two by two of the unclean animals, and then verse three it says of fowls also by the of the air by sevens the male and the female, to keep the seed alive upon the face of the earth. So we see also the birds were brought in uh, seven pairs at a time. Each each kind of bird was brought in in sevens. And it wasn't just two by two like we're taught by some people, but it is depends on what they were. The clean animals and the birds were by sevens. So then it says in verse four, for yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. So everything except what's in this ark is going to be destroyed. Everything's going to die. Because that's the way God decided it was going to be. He was going to clean up the earth. Uh, this flood represents the judgment of God coming upon me. It is the love of God, certainly. The love of God that is starting over, but it is also the judgment of God. We cannot know love without judgment. How would you even know what love is if there isn't judgment? Because... You have to experience both to understand what judgment and what love is. Without one, you don't have the other. And so uh, he says he's going to cause it to rain 40 days and 40 nights. So it's going to flood upon the earth. And let's keep going here. And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. And now, I like this statement. Noah, he didn't leave out part. He was told in chapter 6 to pitch the ark within and without. You know, make it waterproof. and Because there's going to be some hard things that the ark is going to go through, and you don't want the ark sinking when it gets out there. And Noah did everything he was told to do, and he brought in the animals the way he was supposed to do, even though... From what I can tell, he didn't have to go and lasso these animals himself. It looks like the animals showed up on their own, but he brought them in accordingly. He did just what God told him to do. Are we trying to live our lives according to what God wants us to do? Or are we trying to live our lives just uh, on the fence, so to say? You know what that means on the fence. got one leg on one side, one leg on the other side. Some people try to live for God that way on the fence. They got one leg over in sin and one leg over in, on God's side. And I'll tell you, you can't live for God that way. He, he said over in uh, Revelation, I think it was chapter 3, when he's talking to Laodicea, he says I, that I wish you were hot or cold. And he says, because you're not hot or cold, I will spew you or vomit you out of my mouth because he's not going to have people that are playing at being a Christian. Too many people want to pretend, quote unquote, pretend to be a Christian. And he doesn't want pretending Christians. He wants people that are truly sold out to him. What if Noah hadn't been sold out to God? What if, what if there'd been knowing then? But but Noah was sold out to God, and God said that he was a righteous man. He's a just man, and I'm so glad that the Lord searched and found Noah. Aren't you? And you know, if you are living your life with one leg on each side of the fence, decide to give all of your life to the Lord. Get all the way over that fence and give your life to God. Quit fooling around with the world. The world holds nothing for us. Just The world is just full of sin. God has so many great things he wants to give to us. If you'll just let him do it. Decide to be a person that is hot for God, not cold for God. We talk about those lukewarm Christians. yeah, And we've probably all had lukewarm drinks. Lukewarm drinks are no good. And lukewarm soup is no good. You either want your soup ice cold, which actually wouldn't be good, or you want your soup piping hot. And when you have your hot chocolate, you want your hot chocolate piping hot. I'm not a coffee drinker. I, I like iced tea. But if I was going to drink a hot drink, I want it hot. And I know my brothers, uh, both my brothers, they've told me, They want their coffee as hot as it can possibly be. They're not interested in cold coffee. I know some people like cold coffee, so the analogy only goes so far. But uh, most people want their coffee hot. And that's the way God wants us. He wants us piping hot for Him. He doesn't want us cold. He doesn't want us dangling our leg, one of our legs, over into the side of sin. He wants us. All for him or nothing for him. And if we're going to be plenary of with God and we're, if we're going to be lukewarm, he's going to spew us out of his mouth. And why does he spew us out of his mouth? It's because he wants us to recognize that we are not serving him. When we are lukewarm, we are fooling ourselves into believing we are right with God when we are not right with God. And so therefore, he spews us out of his mouth, so we will wake up and recognize that we actually need a Savior. Let's keep going with what we're talking about here today. Verse number six. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. So... Took him about 120 years to build the ark, and he preached for 120 years. Now he's 600 years old. Could you imagine? Uh, you know, that's that's a long time. And verse seven says, "And Noah went in, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood." So there's going to be a total of eight people on the in the ark plus all the animals. And verse number eight says, of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean and of fowls and of everything that creepeth upon the earth. says, there went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. And plus the, the seven of the clean. And verse 10 says, and it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. So they went in, and then there were seven days they were waiting for the flood to come upon the earth. And this is an interesting point of scripture. They're just in there, they're just waiting for the flood to come now. And but they, God said get in the ark. He told Noah and his family and the animals, get into the ark. Now remember, there's just one door to the ark. So they all had to go through the one door. Jesus is the one door into salvation. He is the only way to salvation. He is the only way to reach the Father. There's one door. There's a lot of analogies that can be made here with Noah's ark, but I'm not going to talk about them all today. So we see that After seven days, the waters of the flood were upon the earth. And verse 11 says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. So not only did it rain down, but the water came up from under the ground. The water that's under the ground came up and started flooding the earth. So, uh, the earth was being flooded in two different ways. And verse 12 says, And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. That's a lot of rain. And I've lived in some rainy areas, but not, not this type of rain. And it says uh, in 13, In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem, and Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. You know, I lived in Oregon for a long time. Well, most of my life I lived in Oregon. And it, it rains a good amount there, but it's it's not hard rain most of the time. But uh, the last few years here, I've moved to Arkansas and the People, when I tell people in Arkansas that I came from Oregon, they say, "Oh yeah, it rains a lot there." But oddly enough, and you can look this up for yourself, Arkansas, even though it's in the South, Arkansas gets quite a bit more rain than does Oregon. It's it about 10 inches on average more than Oregon per year, and not only that, it rains differently. Well, Oregon kind of gets Soft walking around rain. You can walk around in it. But in Arkansas, it rains hard. I mean, this morning as I'm doing some teaching, it is just raining hard, real hard. And you wouldn't want to be walking around in it. So I can only imagine the rain that was coming down for Noah and his family. It was just raining something terrible. And it rain enough to flood the earth. And that would be a, a really crazy storm to go through. And I'm glad it wasn't me that had to go through it. But God had control of the ark and was guiding the ark with Noah and his family in it because God knew how to take care of the ark and his people. And so it says in 14, They and every beast after his kind and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird after every every bird of every sort. fifteen. And they went in unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And so you know he's talking about what what went into the ark, and, and then in reverse, we can think about all the ones that didn't get in the ark, that they had to die. They had to die because of sin that humankind allowed into their lives. It was sin that caused this. God graciously spared uh, people, spared animals, but he went about cleaning up the world to give it a fresh, start. And just think, all this started in paradise when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil that they were told to leave alone. They had one rule. Just leave the tree alone. That's all they had to do. Just leave it alone. Yet they couldn't do it. You know, all we got to do is leave sin alone. We don't have to do anything else. The problem is people desire sin so much that they would rather have sin now than be with God later. You know, Moses made a statement I'll have to paraphrase it. He said, I I would rather uh, put away the pleasures of sin for a season and Live with God forever. I'm I'm paraphrasing what he said. But I know sin is appealing. There's no doubt about it. Sin is appealing. If it wasn't appealing, it wouldn't be a draw to us. But we need to love Jesus more than we love the sin in this world. If you don't love Jesus more, you, you won't make it. You know, people get saved for many reasons. And a lot of times people get saved because they have a fear of hell. They don't want eternal punishment. And that's fine. Get saved for that reason. But if somewhere along the line, if you don't develop a love for Jesus Christ, you will not stand in the long run. You need to pray, Lord, help me to get a love of Jesus because eventually what happens is the fear of hell goes away. We we don't, we won't continually have a fear of hell. Eventually people will just give up on that fear. But if you will develop a real love of Jesus, it will stay forever. You need to love the man that went to the cross and said, I will die for you and for everybody throughout history. I will die for everyone, and I will take their sins upon me. Satan never did that for anybody. Satan wants you to hurt God by rejecting him. But develop a love of Jesus Christ. Where do we leave off here? Let me start with 16. And they went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Now, notice here, they went in, uh, Noah, his family, and and the animals that were going in the ark, they went in. But they didn't shut the door. God shut the door. This whole thing, know that the ark was a divine method of salvation for the world. God is the one that designed the ark. He gave the blueprints. God sent the animals. God shut the door of the ark. God sent the water. God steered the ark. Because if you'll go back and read again, there was no rudder on the ark. God guided the ark through the storm. And God dried up the land for Noah and his family to live on again. All of this was God. God said, I, even I, do send the flood. All of this was God. God loved the world enough to start it over. If he hadn't started it over, you and I wouldn't be here today with a chance to live with the Lord forever. And I'm looking forward to that day. I want to be with him forever. Verse 17 says, And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased, and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth. Verse 18, And the waters prevailed, and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. So no rudder, no one's steering it. Just God is steering his ark where he wants it to go. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. And all the high hills that were un- under the whole heaven were covered. So um, the water was above even the mountains. There was no place to go stand on the top of a mountain and say, "Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it. If I get above the tallest mountain, I'll be okay. I can stand there. No, the water covered even the peaks of the mountains. And then it says in 20, 15 cubits upward did the waters prevail and the mountains were covered. If we use our measurement of the cubit of 18 inches, if you go to answers in Genesis, I think they use 1.7 for a cubit there. So they have this arc instead of, 450 feet long like we talked yesterday answers in Genesis I think has the ark at 510 feet long so we're about 60 feet apart but we're pretty close and uh, so if we use uh, 18 inches as a cubit that would have the water being 22 and a half feet above the highest mountain peak now I don't know anybody that's 22 and a half feet tall so that means water was covering everybody. It was co- and the water would have been rough because in a flood, water is moving around. You couldn't swim forever. You'd eventually wear out. I can imagine when uh, Noah got this ark built that he's out, there, it's out in the desert, people probably coming by watching him build the ark and probably mocking him, saying, oh, Noah, what are you doing? You're just a crazy old man. But I'm sure on the day that it started raining, people sort of said, what's this water falling out of the sky? And someone probably said, you know, that that old Noah over there, he was predicting this was going to happen. And I can imagine, because Noah and the animals had already been in the ark for seven days when the rains came. And God shut the door. Not not Noah. So even if Noah wanted to let someone in, God had already shut the door of the ark and Noah couldn't open it. And I'm sure there was a lot of pounding on the outside of that ark. People were probably saying, Noah, let us in the ark. But it wasn't Noah's doing. Noah couldn't let them in because God had shut the door of the ark himself. And these people didn't, they didn't heed to the warning that was coming. And you know, the ministers are preaching out here every day that the Lord is returning for his people. But the people mock us. And they say, the Lord is not coming. People are just crazy. But let them mock. Because the day is coming when the trumpet's going to sound. And the Lord is coming back for his people. And I'm going to be going with them. In the rapture, I'm gonna be there. So, verse 21 and all flesh died and moved upon the earth. And, let me read that. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beasts and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man. Everything died. Verse 22. All in whose nostrils was the breath of life. Remember over in I believe chapter one, chapter two it talked about the breath of life that God breathed into every living living thing. All in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died. All that was in the dry land died. And every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and creeping things and the fowl of the heavens. And they were destroyed from the earth and Noah only remained alive and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth in 150 days. And at 150 days, the waters started going down. But it took from... 150 days to 370 days. We're going to see. We're going to talk about this tomorrow in our next Bible lesson that the water doesn't recede completely enough for them to get out of the ark until they are in the ark 370 days. That's over a year. That's a long time for them to be in the ark. But God preserved Noah and his family and the animals. I hope you enjoyed our lesson today, and tomorrow we'll continue talking about Noah, and we'll talk about how the flood is starting to recede.